Here we go, folks. It's the Stephen or Else podcast. I hope that you've had a good breakfast this morning. I hope you've got your number two pencils in front of you. Eat a sandwich or something, because this episode is going to be fairly average. I, I, I hate to say that. It's, you know, it's... It's going to be an average episode. Let's not let's not uh let's not try to overhype things too much here. That's the problem I think in society now is that everybody thinks that what they're doing is about a million steps above what everyone else is doing. And I'm going to make this one simple promise to you. This podcast that you're listening to, while it's going to be entertaining, while you're going to enjoy it, while you're going to leave feeling somewhat satisfied and hoping that you had more to listen to, it's still it's still going to be a lot of the same that you get. See, this is what you're dealing with. Let's start the show. Welcome to another episode of the Stephen or Else podcast, the show that would be dreaming of sleep if only there was some sleep to be had. I'm your host, Stephen, and this week I am just leaving my comfort zone. I've packed my bags. I'm on the flight. We're just freaking flying away from the old comfort zone because I am going to talk about three comicsology original books. Now, why is that? out of my comfort zone. Well, it's not. Not really, because they're still comics. So let's just ignore everything that I said about this being out of my comfort zone, because comics are comics, right? I don't care if you slap a Marvel label on it or a DC label or image or whatever. It's a comic book. Some are better than others. Some are not great at all. It doesn't matter what publish. Well, that's not true. I think there are some publish out some publishers out there that you know what I'm just uh, already we've started and I'm on a tangent and I shouldn't be tangenting. I created that word for you the listener. That's what you get from this podcast. A fella sitting on his couch making up words. All right, I've strayed from my show notes quite a bit now. I'm instead of leaving my comfort zone, I've left my show notes. I might as well just throw them out the window. Because I'm no, I'm no longer following them. I'm, I'm off uh, whatever path I had started when this podcast began. And you, you're suffering, and I apologize for that. But that's what you get when you dial in to Stephen R.L. So, okay, so like I was trying to say, the point I was trying to make is that this week, I am going to be talking about three number one issues, and the one thing that ties all these number one issues together, other than the fact that, of course, they are number one issues, is that they are all Comixology original issues. You know how Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu and Apple TV, you know, these... These streaming services, they have their own original content, shows and movies that they create themselves, that they put out under their banner. Well, that's all I'm talking about here. These are comics that were created for 
Comixology. Comixology would be the quote-unquote publisher. Comixology Original Programming. And when I first joined Comixology Unlimited, because we've talked about this before, people, I am a low-rent fanboy. All I've got is a subscription to Comixology Unlimited and a library card. And I use those to read the books that I can read and then talk about them with you. Except for I'm not talking about them with you. I'm talking about them at you. Because that is the the nature of the podcasting game. Now, of course, I invite you to talk back, you know, not like a petulant child. But I do invite you to somewhat join in on the conversation. There are many ways that you can do that. And you know what? Again, I have just left the path of show structure and I am no longer using my notes and I need to kind of wrap that, just wrap that around. What I'm not sure what that means, wrapping it around. Um, I need to tie it back. I need to get back onto the path. I'm in the weeds. I'm in the grass. There are trees around me, mountains. Oh no. Ah! Anyway, Comixology Unlimited originals. And I have been trying to use Comixology Unlimited to find older books. Because here's the thing. If you're trying to use Comixology Unlimited to find new books, not going to happen. You may get lucky every once in a while. And that's usually with the Marvel books. Marvel likes to take newer titles. And as soon as you get the first trade from a new title, they will make it uh, available through Unlimited. Not so much with some of the other publishers, but you know what? That's okay. Well, I stumbled across these Comixology Unlimited original books. Well, it's not Comixology Unlimited originals. It's just Comixology originals. I don't know if I made that clear or not as I stray once more from the show notes because these Comixology original books are available to folks who are not in Unlimited. You can purchase them, but as a member of the elite unlimited team. They are part of what I get to read and borrow for free, even though it's not free because I have to pay a monthly subscription anyway. So I started reading a couple of them and then I decided I'm going to choose three titles. I'm going to read the number one issue and then I'm going to talk about it on the show. And that's what you've got in your ears today, whatever day it may be. Before I get into it, though, I do want to provide a little bit of update on the diet tip. So I didn't, if you noticed last week, you got through the episode and you said to yourself, huh, he didn't, he didn't update us on his diet. And then you probably went, good, maybe he's going to stop doing that. Well, no, I'm not. See, last week, the previous week, I didn't lose very much on the diet, 0.8 pounds in a week. That's it. And I was quite upset about that. I was hurt. I was feeling betrayed by my stomach because I had been working really hard that week. I thought I was doing everything right. And yet my body betrayed me by only expelling 0.8 pounds. And I was embarrassed about it. I was shamefaced. I did not want to show my face to the podcast community, even though you can't see me because it's audio. But if you follow me on Twitter uh, or Instagram, 
um, you'll see my little face there as an icon. You know, those little profile pictures, you'll see my face. It's not a pretty picture. I, I encourage you not to go look at it. There's a reason why I don't do uh, YouTube, okay? Don't. Just don't go look at it. Anyway, so I didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't feel like I had anything to quote, unquote, celebrate. And yet, I told myself, look, you're still losing weight. That's, that's the point right now, buddy. You're, you're still, your trajectory is going down. That's what you want to do. The numbers are going down. Whether or not they're going down quickly is not the goal the goal is just to keep them going down. And I said to myself, you know what? You're right, buddy. Here, let's have a little hug and we'll go on with our lives. And we did so. And then I had my latest weigh-in and I lost 4.8 pounds. And I was like, yeah. And I started doing the centipede or the worm right there in the in the meeting. Except I didn't because I think things would come tumbling off shelves if I tried to do the worm um, or the centipede or whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called anymore. Is it the worm? I do it. I do the snake with my hand, with my arm, you know, I'm doing it right now. You can't see it. And I'm pretty good at it with my right arm. But then when it comes out over to the left arm, not, not as good. It's like flawless on my right arm and it rocks over to the left and it's not that great. Anyway, I was pretty happy about it. I'm still pretty happy about it. I've lost a total of 14 pounds so far. I'm about, I'm almost 16 pounds away from my first goal uh, of which I will talk about when I hit it. How, how about that? So there's your diet update. Uh, I'm not going to follow it up with any rock and roll, love, romance music for you because I know you don't want to hear it. Or maybe you do. I do. You know, I want to know what love is. And I want you to show me. Yeah, I went there. All right, so let's start these comic books. Because there's three of them. And we got a long way to go. And a short time to get there. Smokey and the Bandit. You know I dream of sleep. Curl up like a baby, I don't make a peep. Feel serenity, calm in the mellow. Hit cloud nine when my head hits the pillow. Yeah, you know I dream of sleep, but work come first, rent don't come cheap. So me and a dream are an enemy. My only friend is a five-hour energy. I guess it helps if I start breaking down my schedule. Day and night, two gigs, not very unusual. I heard the wealth trickles down, but the flow is slow. I love a kissy baby, but it's tender, so I gotta go. Grab my smokes, my five-hour, and my amp. I got a candle in my lap, hoping I don't take a nap. Four o'clock on my watch, and there's nothing on the box. Three more hours on the clock, wishing I could make it stop. Relief staff dip fast into my expedition Speed off to my casa and I have a premonition Of a fatty in the blanket snoozing Dreaming of the lotto 9am alarm is blasting and I'm crying I don't wanna Hero just like Nemo when I stroll into a dreamer When the kids around it's like the only place to be obscene Alarm sounds again says I only have a second 10 o'clock on the dot and at my desk I'm gonna wreck it You know I dream of sleep. First up we have Stone Star number one This is number one out of five issues each one of these originals, and I don't know if this is the same for all the originals, but it just so happens that the three I chose were minis. So I don't know if there are any original books on Comixology that plan on going for a while, but these these were all 
limited series. So this is one of five, and this issue is entitled Pipe and Pits. Here's your credit. Story by Jim Zub. Line art by Max Dunbar. Colors by Espen Grundit Jern. Letters by Marshall Dillon, which has to be one of the coolest names ever. Logo designed by Tim Daniel, and this was created by Jim Zub and Max Dunbar. Now, this, of the three that I'm talking about, this is actually the newest. This was just recently released on March 27th of 2019. All right, so let's talk about the issue itself. So, as vast as the universe is, filled with many solar systems and planets and people, as big as all that is, and it's pretty big, just ask Douglas Adams, the one thing that will always remain constant is the need for entertainment. And that's where Stone Star comes in. Stone Star is a nomadic arena vessel. It travels the stars and it brings gladiatorial entertainment to all. Now, inside this massive structure is basically, uh, it's just a civilization. You've got all the people that live and work on this space station. And with any civilization, you're always going to get crime. And that's where we meet our main character. His name is Dial. He's a young boy in his early teens, and he's a thief. And he and his partner, Kitso, as we open up the issue, they're, they're trying to steal a transport. A, basically, you've got this thing that's like a levitating train. It's two cars. And think of it as a, as a, as a hover wagon. Two hover wagons connected, and you got these two dudes and they are pulling it along a corridor. It's filled with goods, and they're they're taking it somewhere. And Dial jumps onto one of the cars and does something, and suddenly we, we don't really see what he does. He's pressing some buttons. He's doing some things. And the, the thing just takes off like a rocket down the corridor, and that's how he steals it. But here's the thing. He can't really control it at that point, and it's about to slam into this old man who is standing in the corridor. He's wearing a wide-brimmed hat and a serape, looking very much like a Clint Eastwood type. And the thing is about to slam into him, and the old man just leaps over the transport. He does a flip over it. And as he's leaping over the transport, he reaches out, and he grabs Dial, and he pulls him off of it just as it slams into a wall and explodes. And this dude only has one arm. A couple of guards appear, of course, because of the explosion, and they're going to arrest both Dial and this old man. But one of the guards recognizes the old dude and calls him Volness and calls him Sir. And he says it kind of, he's like, oh, oh, I know you, you're Volness, like he's a celebrity. And because of this, they apologize to him for bothering him, and they let him both go. And from there, Volnus takes Dial directly to the pits. This is where the gladiators live and train. And we find out that Volnus is a famous but retired gladiator. And he kind of recognizes something in Dial. And so he takes him to the pits because he figures, here's a kid that maybe can do something more with his life. Uh, something better than stealing. When they get to the pits, you find out that the gladiators fight with an effigy. This is a battle construct that's specially bonded with the fighter so that they can seamlessly work together in the arena. That's almost a direct quote from the book. So basically, you've got 
instead of just the one person going in and fighting, it's like a uh, it's like a team, the the person and their effigy. And one of the gladiators, when Volnus arrives with Dial, one of the gladiators, she just decides just immediately without any information in front of her in front of her at all. She just decides she doesn't like Dial, decides he doesn't belong there, and does the logical thing, and that's attack him. It's here that we learn that Dial may be able to control machines, and he kind of turns the gladiator's effigy against her. He's not quite sure how he does it. He's not even quite sure he did it, but he does it. And Volnus tells him that he should come back the next day, and he can maybe help him figure out what it is that he does make him into a fighter, and open up a better world for him. But, you know, Dial doesn't know if he wants to or not. He needs to leave. He's got to go check up on his friend. uh, Who He doesn't know what happened to Kitso after he took off on the transport. So Volness is like, fine, whatever. You do what you do. If you don't come back, I don't really care. And so Dial leaves. He gets back to his uh, little place where he lives, and Kitso's there. And they're like, hey, hey, and they high-five each other. We're both alive. Yay! And then immediately go out to do another job. So as they're sneaking about, they come across a large contingent of guards, and they're escorting a group of refugees. But they're treating the refugees like criminals. And we find out that the refugees are like a, a ruling family of some planet that was deposed during a military coup. And the matriarch is complaining about the way they're being treated. And one of the guards doesn't really care too much for her complaining. And again, because logic plays a lot in this book, he takes the next logical step and bashes her in the head with his gun. The woman's daughter, of course, takes issue with this and she gets up all in the guard's face and then they start to fight and she's got some moves and she clocks them with a... a, an uppercut to the bottom of his chin. And um, the guard then takes his gun, which apparently turns out to not be a gun at all, but the hilt of a laser sword. And he pops his laser blade out and he tells the other guards to kill him. Kill them all! And Dial is, of course, watching this from his hiding place and he's afraid. And that's where the issue ends. So... I want to say right off the bat that the art in this book is beautiful. I'm not too hip. I mean, I don't know the, the whole, here's a kid who, you you know, it's, they say that there's only just a handful of stories in the world. And the writer's job is to take that story and tell it in their own way. And so this is your, uh, here's a kid who comes from nothing who may be destined to save the world I don't know if that's what we're getting here, but I am going to continue with this story. I let me let me just say this: the art was beautiful. The book didn't, um, the book didn't hook me as much as I don't know other books have. <laughs> I like Jim Zub. I follow him on Twitter. I think he's a good guy. I used to read his Skull Kickers book back when I did the old podcast. And I thought that that book was amazing. And so I am optimistic that there's going to be a lot more uh, great stuff in this book to come. So I'm going to stick around. I'm going to read issue number two, and then I'm going to reserve my uh, thoughts about continuing after that. But it was a good story. It just it just wasn't. It was told well. Um, it's just not a story that is has is, is captured me. 
at this point. I mean, not enough to say that I'm in all the way, but just enough that I'm going to go ahead and read issue number two, and we'll see where we go from there. The second book on our docket is called The Stone King. This is issue one, because again, we're doing first issues, issue one of four. It was written by Kel McDonald with art by Tyler Crook. This was released on November 14th, 2018. Now, I will say this uh, before we get we get into the issue. Not, not a whole lot happens in this issue. And so I think the best way for me to kind of describe what's going on is to first read you the description of the issue, and then we'll get into a little more specifics. So here's, here's the official description on the Comixology website. When you become an adult, you have to prove yourself. At least that's how it works for the Stoneport Thieves. Ave has decided to illegally harvest healing moss from the Stone King, a mighty giant who roams the lands. Her theft goes even better than she could have dreamed. The biggest gem she's ever seen is her prize. But is that prize worth the consequences? Okay, so that's the description. So Ave is a young girl, and as the description says, she's a thief. So that's two books that I picked in which the word stone is part of the title. And both are about young thieves. Coincidence? Yeah, probably. Anyway, Ave, along with her dog, which I found the dog's name really confusing. It wasn't until the end of the issue that I realized that I think the dog's name is Hey You. Because that's how she keeps talking. Hey You, she keeps saying to the dog. And I thought it was odd throughout the whole issue. But I think at one point... She tells somebody to get on Hey You because Hey You is a big dog. She rides it like a horse. So she steals this moss from the shoulders of the Stone King. And it is, it's this giant stone creature that just roams the land. And she uses a grappling hook to climb up onto the shoulder, steals the moss and finds down inside the, like one of the cracks in the, in the giant this gem, it's a red gem that's almost as big as her head. And so she takes it. But when she does, the giant seems to know there's, there's twice while she's on this giant that the giant seems to know that there's something on it and it tries to swat her away. Kind of like what we, we would do if we had a bug on us, but she manages to, uh, escape off of the stone king with the gem, uh, without much harm. She, she kind of messes up her shoulder on the way up and she uses some of the healing moss to, to fix her shoulder, but she manages to get the gem and her and Hey, you take off and the stone King just goes about his business. And so she takes the stone, the gem back to Stoneport, and she takes it to Reby. Reby is an old woman who is in charge of Ave and she's got kind of a school for thieves and she takes these kids and she takes them through these training courses and they start out at certain levels. And right now, Ave is a is a pickpocket. And she wants to rise up in the ranks. And those, so that's why she went and took this moss. And, a pair, and, and, and in this world, in this town of Stoneport, you know, the moss is a very important thing because it has healing properties. But only certain people are allowed. You have to have a, a, a license or something to go out and collect this moss, which is something Ave didn't have. So she took it illegally and she uses this to, to rise up to cat burglar status. 
And so that night, as her and the other thieves are going to bed, there's suddenly an alarm. There's some some loud booming noises from outside, and all the, Ave and the thieves all spill out into the streets to find the Stone King smashing up Stoneport, and that's how the issue ends. And really, the first third of the book was her and her dog stealing the moss and it went really quickly. And so I, I don't want to say there was, there wasn't a lot of substance to this book. Cause there was, cause let, let me tell you this book, as soon as I finished issue one, I started to read issue two. I'm really kind of digging this book. I think this book is, uh, is, uh, pretty interesting. The art is not, it's not your traditional art. The, um, the art over on Stone Star was a little was a little more traditional. It kind of had a slight anime bent. This is more of uh maybe something you'd see on on an independent book. It had kind of a sketchy painting quality to it that I really liked. And it did its job. It told the story. This this I I found this to be a very enjoyable book and I have already decided that I'm going to stick around for the whole uh, four, four whole issues, but I found it. I found the premise really interesting. I like this stone giant that just roams around. Nobody knows the purpose behind this thing. It just roams the lands and it has a moss growing on it that people steal and use for healing. We don't know what this gem is that Ave stole, but we have to assume that it's important to the stone King. And that's why it's now destroying the town of Stoneport. So I'm in this one for all four issues. And I hope that if, if, if I continue to enjoy it, I hope that maybe they come back and do more. You shouldn't be up at this hour Hold so much power Another day passed and the last no shower Said goodbye to studying to further your degree Coach Taylor throwing punches Gotta go to season three Netflix is my enemy Can stream it in an instant Damage productivity I'm going out of business It knows my personality It knows about my interests You watch 30 Rocks So you know you love The Office Watch a little man Until you worship alcoholics Get some homies and some chronic While you're playing workaholics Thought it would be better If I emptied out my cue But all my work it was for nothing when I checked out Doctor Who And no, I'm sorry, wasn't wanting all this anime My girlfriend has my password and she watched them all on Saturday And now it thinks that I want to watch Ghost in a Shell No, I want Archer, maybe Tangled, and then later Chappelle Man, it's date night, man, I got lots of good stuff planned I got candles, I got fine wines Come on, baby, you don't need to study What you need to be doing is watching shows with your baby Watch episodes of Bones till I vomit. All right, the last book is Delver, issue number one of five. This is written by M.K. Reed and C. Spike Trotman. The artist is Clive Hawken. The colorist is Marta. Oh, man, I have come across this person's name before, and I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name. Marta Leho. Letterer is Ed Dukeshire and the designer was Matt Sheridan. This was released on February 20th, 2019. Now the issue opens with a caption that says day one. That's right there on the first panel. And we can tell by that first panel that we're somewhere rural. That's a hard word to say. Rural, rural juror. If you've seen 30 rock anyway, we're, we are in a rural area. 
There's a farmhouse in the background. There's goats all around. But our main focus is right there in the foreground. It's a goat, and it's a little different than the others because it has two heads, and there's a fire burning between the horns on each head. So right away, panel one, I'm pretty interested. All right, so we go into the farmhouse. A mother and daughter are preparing a meal. The The daughter is an adult. The mother then would be a grandmother. And the daughter sends a child into the cellar to fetch something. The, the child, I couldn't quite determine the gender of. And a couple of these characters in this book, I couldn't, just based on their name and the way they looked, couldn't determine their gender. And there's, you know, doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter at all. That's not the point. But I just want to let it be known that I'm going to refer to this child as child because I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. And that's okay. It doesn't matter. So this, 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 the daughter sends this child into the cellar to fetch something. The cellar, you access it from outside. So the child goes outside, goes down into the cellar and immediately finds a giant pair of glowing doors. So the child takes what they were sent down to fetch, takes it back up the steps and places it at the top of the steps and then goes back down into the cellar, coming back out a little later, carrying something else. The child places that on the ground, goes back down to the cellar, and we see that this child is just bringing stuff out of the cellar and going back down and getting more stuff. So the daughter, noticing that this child isn't back yet, goes outside to find out what's going on, goes around to the cellar, finds all this stuff from the cellar outside, out of the cellar now, calls out to the child, what are you doing? And the child, she sees the child down there at the bottom of the steps, and the child looks up and says, we got a dungeon, mama, and it's a big one. So it turns out in this world, there's this thing called dungeon. It lives and grows and doors open up to it all over the world. People go down into dungeon to get treasure. They are called delvers. And that's what they do. They find doors to dungeon. They go down in there. They fight monsters and they come out with treasure. And that's how they make their living. Um, but spending a lot of time in dungeon, however, can change a delver because of the magic. And that's not always a good thing. And so soon word gets out that there's this new door in this village of Odd Goat. That's where we're at. And so parties of delvers start arriving to go down into dungeon to seek their fortune. And at this point in the book, I start getting a real D&D vibe out of it because basically we have these these groups of you know these parties these teams of people who are all made up of you know you've got a fighter and a wizard and a and and uh you know that kind of and they they they're going down into the dungeon to to get treasure and got a real D&D vibe off of that. And so as these parties arrive to go down into dungeon uh market springs up to sell goods to these delvers and our heroine, our protagonist of the book is Temerity, and she's got a food stand. Now, the problem with Dungeon is that the magic, which if you're down there long enough, can affect you. It could be good, whatever it does to you, it could be bad. One of the dudes that is in one of these Delver parties has four arms that he got because he had these two arms grow. So sometimes the magic gives you stuff that you need to survive, right? It's kind of like a... uh 
uh, a rapid evolution. Uh, but sometimes the magic will seep up through the ground to the surface and create unnatural things, such as the two-headed flame-horned goat. And eventually it turns a small group of fruit trees into monsters, and the people of Odd Goat have to burn the trees to the ground. And that's kind of where we end. This, this issue, okay, let me just say right off the bat that this, for me, I think is the was the most interesting of the three. This was the one that captured my imagination the most, and I'm definitely going to keep reading this one for sure. This one, I think, reached out and grabbed my imagination strings and really started to tug on them. I found this right up my street. However, at the same time, I found the issue quite confusing. I mean... The entire first issue goes by. It doesn't have any kind of real ending to it. I have to assume, not having read any of the other issues, that maybe this was actually written as a graphic novel and they're splitting it up to make it into issues because there's really no... Because if you're writing for the single issue, whether it's one big story or not, when you're writing for the single issue, you people tend to end those issues on some sort of cliffhanger to give you a reason to move on to the next issue. This issue didn't end that way. Not really. I also found it kind of odd that I didn't. Okay. So I didn't read the description of this book before I started reading it. I just started reading it. And when I got to the end of this first issue, I thought to myself, well, who is our protagonist in this issue? Who am I supposed to be rooting for? Who's the one that's going to go on the journey? Who's going to take our hero's journey in this book? Because at first I thought it was it was the daughter uh, that sends the child down into the dungeon. And then I thought, well, maybe we're going to skip forward into the future and the child that went down into the dungeon that or down to the cellar, that's going to be our protagonist. This is maybe this is a backstory getting us ready. And we just kept continuing to the story and it never it never dawned on me. I never got clued in to exactly who our protagonist was until I was preparing for this episode. And I took a moment to actually read the description. And in the description, it mentions that our protagonist is named Temerity. And that's the woman who is running the food stand. And she does seem really interested in the Delvers and what they do and the kind of stuff that they found. She's asking them a lot of questions, but she doesn't have a lot of screen time in this book, which I found really odd. But if, but if, again, if it's a, if it's a graphic novel that has been written that now they're just trying to split up in five parts, um, which isn't always a good idea to do because really when it comes to the single issues, like I said, you need some kind of, it's always good to have a cliffhanger. You, it's from my very limited experience, self-publishing books, one of the things that I come across a lot when I, I listen to podcasts about writing and self-publishing and go read a lot of articles, you know, a lot of the ideas that are out there is that people uh, love to read series. Series is, is, I don't know the plural of it, so just forgive me. But one of the 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 questions that's asked a lot is, well, see, I wrote this novel um, should I split it into five parts and release it that way so it looks like a series? And a lot of the experienced people will tell you, no, don't do that 
because people are going to be able to tell because your novel, these five parts won't end and start in the way that a real series of books would. And that's the same with, with single issues. There is a, there's a certain thing that happens to single issues if they're written as a serial. And that's the issues will end with a cliffhanger. And then our next issue will begin uh, sometimes with maybe a crick, a crick, a crick running through a running through a, a forest. Do you know what a crick is? That's what some folks in my area call a creek. And that is something to to learn and grow on. I don't know. Anyway, sometimes these issues will start out with a quick little summary to just remind the readers who are reading monthly how we got to this point. But with the advent of digital comics and digital distribution, we don't need to 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 serialize books as we did back then, really. Cuz you can release you I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Honestly, I feel just based on this first issue that this is a situation where they have taken one book, a uh, graphic novel, and split it up into five parts. But to be completely honest with you, had it not been for the premise, had the premise not, had I not found the premise so gosh darn appealing, I probably would not be continuing with this book just simply because of the fact that I didn't like the way uh, that the book just kind of stopped at the end of the first issue. You could probably look at it and try to, well, there's kind of a cliffhanger, but not really. I didn't find it to be cliffhangery in any in any fashion. There was nothing about the ending that made me go, oh, man, I have to read the second issue now. The Stone King definitely ended in a cliffhangery way that made me go, oh, my gosh, I have to start reading that second issue because that's exactly what I did. When I finished The Stone King, I said, I have to read this second issue, and I started reading it. Stone Star did have a cliffhanger ending. I didn't just go, oh, my gosh, when is the next issue going to be out? I have to find out what happens. But I definitely got that with Stone King and didn't get that at all with Delver. And yet I find the premise of Delver to be the most interesting of the three and that's one I'm definitely going to stick around with to see what happens. The art was good. Again, not not really traditional, um, more of an independent type of art. And I don't want to make that sound like that's a bad thing. What I find with with uh, independent books is that there is a uh, – I'm, I'm going to compare it to uh, the old metal bands I used to listen to. A lot, a lot of, a lot of bands, a lot of the old bands I used to, used to listen to, their first album was raw, and um, you could tell that there wasn't a lot of money put into it because they were a new band. And then their second album comes out, and their first album was such a smash, huge freaking hit that they start throwing a lot of money at the second album, and the second album sounds too polished, and it doesn't have any of the hunger that the first album had. That's when I say that the art has kind of an independent feel to it. That's what I'm talking about. There is a, uh, there's a rawness, uh, to the art. That's not that there's not a polished element to it that just, I really like there's a hunger in that art, you know, that if you tried to polish it up, it might not, 
it might not work. And that's that's kind of that's the art there in Delver. Anyway, really enjoyed it. Delver was probably my my favorite of the three. It's the one that I am the most interested in. And uh I'm gonna continue keeping my eye on these comicsology original books. Because so far, I've I actually tried out four. I'm not gonna tell you the fourth one I tried out because I didn't like it at all, and I'm not here to badmouth other books. But but three out of four is pretty good. When you get three, when you get four books and th- you liked three of them and didn't like the fourth one, that's a pretty good ratio. So I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep my eye on the comicsology originals and uh report back to you uh with any of that I enjoy, I guess. Whatever. All right, so that's the show. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Stephen or Else podcast. I say this every week, but I cannot express how it makes me feel, how good it makes me feel to know that y'all are out there listening because this really is a labor of love. I do this because I enjoy it and it helps to know that other people are enjoying it as well. And with everything that's out there right now, with everything that there is to listen to, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really great podcasts out there. You know, the, the whole podcast is, it's changed so much since the last time I was podcasting a decade ago. You have celebrities now that are figuring out that if they just spend a few hours a week sitting down and podcasting, maybe talking to somebody else, you know, there's a lot of these new, Mark Marin started it with the WTF podcast. I, I hear Joe Rogan does really good on his show. I don't listen to his. But now you've got guys like Conan O'Brien and uh, David Tennant and even Will Ferrell is doing like a Ron Burgundy podcast. Anyway, they found out that they can make some extra money doing these things. And so there's some very high quality podcasts out there. And it makes me feel good that with all that out there, you're still taking the time to listen to me sit on a couch and talk about comics. If you want to talk about anything that I talked about, if you want to comment about it, if you want, if you have any questions for me, if you want to say anything about the show, you can send me an email at Stephen or else at gmail.com. You can also go to the website at Stephen or else.com and leave a comment to the episode itself. Or you can go over to the Reddit at reddit.com slash R slash Stephen or else and participate in the talkback thread. You can also follow me both on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else. Some folks will tweet at me there about episodes. If you feel the need to support me in any way, you can join my Patreon. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. You'll also have access to the exclusive My Other Podcast podcast, which goes out every week and with rare exception is only available to my patrons. Every once in a while, I'll take a few episodes and I'll, I will highlight the show over here on the Stephen Earls podcast, but most of those episodes are only available to the folks who support the show through the Patreon. So go on out there to patreon.com slash Stephen R or make your pledge Find yourself a member, and it's only a dollar a month. There are other tiers, but a dollar a month is all I'm asking. Now, if you do want to support the show and you don't want to do it monetarily, 
Just go out there and tell people. You know, that's that's the easiest thing you can do. Just go out and tell people. You can go to iTunes and leave a review. We love a review out there on the iTunes uh, because it it helps us get ranked. But just go out and tell people. Spread the word, Thunderbird. The Stephen Else Podcast is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. The music from this episode comes from Beefy. You can find him and his music at beefy.bandcamp.com. And, of course, all of those links will be in the show notes. So until next week, I'm Stephen, and this has been my podcast. Be nice to each other. Good job.